Benifer is back. Brad and Jen are friends again. And Paris Hilton is somehow still making headlines. 20 years later, we're living in the world that the 2000s tabloids created. On this series, I'm going to tell you the story of a decade of American life through the trash we love to consume. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Claire Malone, and this is Just Like Us, the tabloids that changed America. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Ringer Dish. It's 11.47 p.m. here on the East Coast. A very wild Oscars just transpired, and we are here to break it down. I am joined by Kate Hallowell, co-host of Tea Time. Hi, Kate. And special surprise guest, my Jam Session co-host, Amanda Dobbins, taking a brief break from her parental leave because the Oscars got out of hand. Amanda, Hello. Hello. I'm working through it in real time. I'm here because I want to talk about what just happened with someone. And in fact, I want to talk about it with the two of you. It's lovely to see you. We're Likewise. happy to see you too. <laughs> so here's what happened. You probably know. I assume that's why you're listening to this podcast. You probably read it in the title. Chris Rock was presenting at the Oscars and Kate and I were slacking and he was like making some just like rude jokes that seemed off the cuff. I could tell they were off the cuff because he was making a joke about how Javier Bardem couldn't win because to paraphrase Chris Rock, Javier Javier Bardem, Javier Bardem's wife was also nominated. And clearly Chris Rock forgot Penelope Cruz's name and didn't have it on the teleprompter in front of him. Right. So at that point to me, it was clear that Chris Rock was just doing Chris Rock. And then he made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's new hairstyle, which she recently discussed in an interview about a week ago. And for the last few years, Jada Pinkett Smith has been talking about how she has alopecia and trying out different hairstyles, including wearing some turbans and just seeing what makes her comfortable. And yet Chris Rock made a joke about her hair looking like it was ready for GI for GI Jane too. which did you guys ever see GI Jane? I've seen clips on occasion. I, she has a buzz people, cut, which is the takeaway. All people know about it. Yeah, is that Demi right. Moore has a buzz cut. Exactly. In it. Yeah. And then Will and then Will Smith. Um, moments later, gets on stage, walks very crisply, briskly towards Chris Rock, and he slaps him. He gets off stage, and then if you were in a market outside of the United States, you heard him yell at Chris Rock, "Keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth." And then Chris Rock said. It was a joke, and Will Smith said it again. Keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth. And Amanda. Yes. 
where does this fall on the spectrum of unexpected and wild things to happen, not just at the Oscars, but at any entertainment-related event. Sure. So the immediate Oscars comparison, the recent memory is, of course, Moonlight versus La La Land, and La La Land being announced as the winner by a confused Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, and then Moonlight being the actual winner, Um, and then all of the reaction shots that ensued. I would argue that this is definitely is like a bigger deal than that. I mean, maybe not because I, I that know. was best I think it picture. It definitely is. But Kate, here's, do you here's agree with that? I what do you think? It's, think? it's a bigger deal because at least someone was happy in the first one. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> with someone, Moonlight La La Land, good point. Someone was happy. Some people right. weren't, but some people were. And like That's there was true. a way to spin it that was like positive to an extent. Whereas this one, like it's a no win. Like no one's happy That's about true. this. And it, it just has gotten worse as it's gone on. Whereas at least the other one was like, it like it was it was bad in a fun way. Whereas this is bad in an increasingly less fun way. Amanda, what was the case you were going to make though? I'm cur- I'm curious for well how they stack up in your expert mind. I think just in terms of fame, Will Smith and Chris Rock kind of have way more recognition globally than respectfully, Moonlight or La La Land. And I I say that as someone who enjoyed both of those films very much and who thinks Moonlight is a masterpiece and La La Land is like a really joyous singing in the rain ripoff. So in terms of people being in like invested in this, I guess, for lack of a better word, that's probably like the positive to spin to put on it. Kate alluded to what's actually happening, which is everyone having to take, which happened so fast. And the discourse just moves incredibly quickly now, um, which brings me to the other comparison point, which is Kanye and Taylor at, mm. Uh, mm. at the, at the Grammys, mm. which That's is immediately comparison. what I thought of. Um, oh, interesting. I hadn't it even just, crossed my mind. And this is just recent awards show memory. You know, I go about 20 back 25 years, but before, you know, I'm, there might be some other, Uh, moments that I'm not recalling, but in terms of a fascinating case study about celebrity and also an altercation involving two extremely famous people that everyone's going to have an opinion about and going to keep having an opinion about and that will like follow them both for a long time. This to me seems like a Kanye Taylor thing. Mm, Mm -hmm. Interesting. How do you think the fact that Will Smith was about to, everyone was then waiting for him to win, right. like plays into this. Because I think to Kate's point, ultimately with La La Land and Moonlight, like someone won and there was a happy ending. And with Taylor and Kanye, Taylor ultimately got to like accept her VMA. Plus it was the VMAs versus um, the Oscars. Sure, that, thank you. More I on think MTV I just, later. I think I just said Grammy, but you're right. It was a VMA. Yeah, yeah it was the VMAs. <laughs> But nevertheless, it was when she was in the train ride doing You Belong to Me, if you recall. Anyway, um, I, uh, I I just there were so many factors at play. Like, it's so it's so wild. But like, you know, this has to be one like the most memorable Oscar moment, like probably for a long time. And I say that like with neutral terms. I don't mm-hmm. mean like in a positive way where like, you know, there's been some really like winning speeches over the years and even some tonight, which we'll talk about. But I I mean, this is just like so, so, so shocking. It's hard to imagine anyone will think about the Oscars and not think of this for a long time. So can I ask you both something? Did you sure. understand what was happening in real time? Yes. You, Juliet did. I, Kate, maybe you also understood. Juliet knows I was confused. And that I, because I was texting her in real time being like, wait, did he actually hit him? Was it a slap? Like, I, it it took me a minute. And maybe that's just because I'm sleep deprived. But Kate, did you understand? The only reason I did was because I was following Kyle Buchanan, who's a film reporter that was tweeting from the room. And he immediately on this thread was like, this is step for step exactly what happened, like 30 seconds after it happened. And so that was when I was like, oh, that really did happen the way that it looked like it happened. But it is the way they like cut in and out and the way they bleeped it or like silenced it or whatever. It was confusing for like actually as it was happening. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit the way that Will Smith walked up to Chris Rock and also the angle in which they were shooting it, which put a pin in how they decided to shoot this Oscars. It looked like complete garbage. But um, it 
I couldn't tell whether he was like doing a bit. Yeah. And then the audio cut out for a long time. And once they finally cut back to Will Smith in the audience and he looked visibly angry, I was like, oh, okay, something is going on here. But it all happened so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Jada was Jada was really angry very quickly. Like we like they showed her right away. He was laughing at first, Will Smith, and she was really pissed. Yeah. She had a big, big eye roll and then like mm -hmm. looked very visibly angry. And then he looked over and was like, oh, right. And then it all went out of control from there. Right. Right. And it was just um, just just a mess. I mean, there's so much more to piece through, but I I I I think that I've had like a weird reaction compared to like most of the Internet that I've been that I've been taking in because I thought it was real like right away. And a bunch of people were like, was that real? And uh, we'll get to it, but I I feel like I don't know. It's just such a surreal moment. I re- I rewound like I missed a lot of Questlove's speech because I immediately went back to watch it again. I was and then I just like wanted to keep going. So I apologize to Questlove and congratulations on his win for Summer of Soul. That is one of the the sad parts of it, yeah. and it and and also a, a comparison to Moonlight and La La Land, where Moonlight didn't really get like its moment, and 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 Questlove. I sort of did get his moment, but I think everyone like Juliet was a little bit in shock or a little bit like what's going on. So if you haven't seen Summer of Soul, really recommend it. A wonderful documentary. And then maybe we can all, you know, revisit Questlove's speech when we're a little more focused. Yeah, definitely. And so I know it does suck for everyone else. So then here's what happened afterwards. And the video, like a couple of reporters inside the room have shared videos. Uh, the ones who we were particularly leaning on are Scott Feinberg and Rebecca Ford. So thank you to them. Also, I would check out Matthew Bellany from um, The Town with Matthew Bellany, a Ringer podcast. He was there. He was tweeting about it from the Puck News account, and I'm sure he will cover it on his podcast this week. So check it out. But um, Will Smith, I think, pretty quickly was very upset and realized he really made a grave, grave error in judgment. And the people who were kind of um, intervening and getting involved were primarily Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, uh, excuse me, Denzel went over to him. Will Smith letter revealed that Denzel said to him, um, I wrote it down, just going to quote it. He said at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Even when the cameras went back on, Denzel Washington was still kneeling in front of Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith trying to help console them. And, you know, I, I, it's clear that Will Smith from his speech knows that he made a huge, huge mistake and did something wrong in slapping Chris Rock. I mean, there's, there's no way around that. Like that is clear. Did you, did either of you have any takeaways from like how reporters were kind of giving updates, like in the immediate aftermath? Cause I do think that's sort of like an interesting aspect to this. And, um, I thought the show was pretty poorly directed and we can talk about that more, but like you didn't let's, get to see a lot of good stuff. Like, it was a horrible show. Let's yeah, just, yeah, it, it, like it just, in the way that it was produced, put together, the pacing, the way it was shot, it was a mess. I, I just, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was just like, they didn't show John Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing. Like they had to do it like extra long. And I was like, I just want to see that. And then they cut away from Will Smith by accident when he was talking and showed the Oscars screen. Um, it was just like a, a really poorly executed yeah. show. And so I do think that a lot of what we are, have learned has been a result of like Twitter reporting. And I'm curious, I'm curious if that struck you in any particular way, Kate, I think people, anyone who wasn't on social media tonight is significantly more confused than the people who were. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and even just when we were discussing this and we're all like, you know, very online, but I think like, just like very important new information just kept getting tweeted out by people who were there or were talking to people and about whether the joke was approved, which is still up in the air, but like, just like little details that were obviously very important for context. And we just didn't get anywhere near and like, you know what I mean? And obviously there are yeah. certain things they can't show, but yeah, there was just a lot of context that was provided by reporters doing things in addition to what was actually shown tonight. Amanda, what about you? Cause also, you know, you, I think as a, you are the co-host of the big picture. And so you also follow a lot of movie people for sure. other purposes. So I'm curious, right. like what was coming to you and like what stuck out from the way this was being reported in real time. It was interesting to watch the damage control for Will Smith and for like the Oscars 
and the show like happen all simultaneously. And then also to watch all of us just processing it in real time. You know, in some ways, I thought the observations that just like nobody knows how to act around anyone anymore in any capacity. It feels very on to me. And I don't think anybody really quite knew what to make of it. I think Will Smith certainly seemed overwhelmed by the situation he was in and then what had just happened. And you kind of see everyone rushing to him and everyone else at the show, including Diddy, just like trying to make it okay somehow. And like the show's going on, but no one's paying attention. And, I, you know, I barely know what Jane Campion said in her acceptance speech, but that might be me because neither. Kevin no Costner yeah. put me to sleep with his like 80-minute oh monologue. Yeah. But that's okay. It, it, it was funny to watch people try to figure out ways to get it back on track. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, one thing that then kept happening is any, anything after the slap and then mm-hmm. even pr- particularly Amy Schumer and Anthony Hopkins who went after Will Smith's acceptance speech, which we will come back to, of course. Right. So you're not going to skip over that. But what did you, how did it strike you guys how they kind of were making jokes about it and referencing it in sort of a glib manner? Because I don't know what the right tone is. Like, to be honest, when we started this pod, I was like just trying to be as dispassionate but also <laughs> energetic as possible because I don't really know what the right tone is, like I said, because I find myself really sad for the whole situation and sad for Will Smith and and sad for like for everyone. And I think uh, I think until you experience hair loss, you also probably don't really understand like how sensitive it can be both for men and for women. And I think particularly for women as it relates to aging and Hollywood, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but Will Smith really messed up. And so I like it's like so shocking, but I think like ultimately so sad that I I'm curious, like how the jokes that that they, they tried to make on the broadcast just to keep moving are going to land. How do they land for you, Amanda? I mean, not well, but I wouldn't. I don't know that many I don't know of the supposed to do jokes. Yeah, and I don't know that many of the jokes were landing well before, except for the Regina Hall uh, bit with all of the single men. Bradley Cooper, great sport, went but, too far. What yeah, pat <laughs> down? That's basically sexual it, harassment. It did. And you know, and that is. This this show and in, in a nutshell tonight of just everything went too far. Everything got a little off the rails. I'm not sure I expected anyone to be able to put it right after the joke necessarily. So, you know, Amy Schumer came back and was like, hey, did I miss anything? Which it is like a little bit the vibe at a wedding after, you know, someone gives a, a you know, a poorly a, thought out or like in bad taste toast or whatever, which, which, which is fine. Like, what are you supposed to do? And like a group of people just trying to keep things moving on. I didn't mind it so much. I think also everyone was just waiting for Will Smith to win an Oscar and address it himself or not address it himself. It was like, it, it was still happening. You know, that was the interesting thing about this is that there was the slap, which to your point, Juliet, you're right. you, You can't slap someone yeah you know you just you just can't do it um and it seems like will smith realized that pretty quickly but the the reverberations of it went on definitely through the rest of the show which was why i don't know what was anyone supposed to do it was just an incredibly awkward uncomfortable shocking moment that then went on tv for like 45 more minutes (laughs) which was crazy yeah a long time I don't know what else they could have done. Kate, do you think there's like any other way they could have, they, uh, there's anything else they could have done other than the way it was handled, which was to kind of be lighthearted about it. I mean, I, the, the public reaction changed so swiftly just on social media with people who had no involvement in what was actually happening. Like people were like, Oh my God, that was so funny. And then people were like, Oh my God, that was assault. And then people were like, actually Chris Rock's an asshole. And then there was like the beef and the, you know what I mean? Like even just on Twitter, it was, it was like whiplash to see people try to make sense of it. So it's hard to imagine being in that room involved in production, even just watching it and like trying to figure out how to go on in a way that makes people happy. It feels weird. If you ignore it feels weird. If you make jokes about it, like I, it was weird. It was, it was a no win. It's a no win that happened. Yeah. So I mean, the, I, I can't, I guess I really kind of can't fault them for being like, 
you know, make one joke and move on. Uh, I don't know that they should have been joking about it, but it is true because it is like, it's not over yet. Like we have to wait for him to come back and make the speech. So it's like, there's no putting it in the past. It's coming back either way. I, right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. And I, I think there's like just, there's so many other strands here, but one thing I think we should probably get into now is what Will Smith said when he finally won. So Amanda, yeah. you're a Will Smith super fan. Yeah. So I... <sighs> So I do, in my day job, which I'm on leave from right now, um, cover the Oscars, you know, in a semi-professional sense. You know, I tend quite, to be quite like professional. Thank very you, professional. thank you very much. But I like for the most part, I wear like a a critic, not quite a critic's hat, but a, a I have some distance. You know, I'm following a it hat, as a perhaps? sport. <laughs> I, certainly a cynic's hat. I was going to say jaded, but I'm. I'm following it as a business and a sport and the the way that we follow the Oscars. My heart isn't always in it, even though I do love the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow Will Smith as a fan. My heart is really in it. I have been looking forward to Will Smith winning an Oscar since King Richard was announced several years ago. And I, I just, I'm a, I'm a child of the 90s. My guy singing a song over the credits of a movie, it's important to me. You know, I grew up on that stuff. So I've really been looking forward to this. And I I think even Will Smith in real time realized that he kind of stepped on his own moment. And that's that's really disappointing to me. He was clearly overwhelmed. Again, I, I think... There was a lot of pressure on him. Also, just being that famous is really weird. And he's been that famous and been trying for an Oscar for decades now, probably. But um, he didn't get to have that jubilant moment. And credit to him for not just pretending like it didn't happen. Yeah, I was wondering what he would do. Um, And for kind of working through that emotion in real time, I thought in terms of Again, as a case study in celebrity, fascinating. Was it the triumphant speech that I'd been anticipating? No, it was not. Did I understand all of it? Like, no, not totally. Because once again, I was, I like Will Smith was sorting through my emotions of it in real time. And he, and he was really just working through things. So that was, that was a bummer, I would say. Kate, how did it land for you, his speech? Um, well, I just want to say that I, uh, as I guess T-Time listeners know, have an incredible crippling secondhand embarrassment problem. It's hard for me <laughs> sure. to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally anything that is uncomfortable. I don't even watch red carpet interviews. I mute it. I, sometimes I put on subtitles. Like, I literally got hives. Like, I was like, I can't mute this. I have to go on a podcast and talk about it. Like, I have to be <laughs> engaging with this content. And I was just, like, so deeply uncomfortable. Like, I literally had stress hives watching it. Um, so I was struggling with that. However, uh I, it just, it just was really tough to watch it. It, it, he clearly like, you know, I, again, I guess it is good that he addressed it. I don't, don't see a reality in which he couldn't. Um, I just, I didn't love the spin of like, I protect women and that's what that was. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was, that was his damage control idea or if that was somebody else's, I don't know, but it did not, it did not land for me. It was not the, uh, as Amanda said, the triumphant, moment that I think everyone was hoping for. Yeah. He, he said, um, he explicitly apologized to the Academy in the, at the end, he's somewhat joking, but also I think serious said, I hope they invite me back next year. And his, what he said was, I want to apologize. This is a slight condense condensing of what he said, but all of this is quotes. I want to apologize. Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Love will make you do crazy things. So he essentially, took the role to that he just won for that everyone awarded him this Oscar for to sort of, if not justify, explain what had just happened and trying to use this movie and this, this role to explain why he slapped someone. So it's pretty, it's pretty upsetting. Um, and you know, I think the justification of like love will make you do crazy things is like maybe romantic and like an, in like a poem, but it doesn't include slapping someone, um, but is pretty hard to stomach in this setting. And I think that him not getting to get that triumph is, is really disappointing. If you've been following his career for a while, 
Um, but I I wonder if this would have been a really um, just complicated speech for him anyway. Uh, I thought the part about his mother, a lot of this moment is really complicated for me and then talked about how his mother wasn't there because she didn't want to come because of her knitting crew. I thought it was also like pretty sad. So like this, this whole thing was just um, incredibly sad. And just I think to Amanda, your point about celebrity, I think this put Will Smith in a like completely different light. And he has done so much press over the last year to talk about him and Jada together, Mm -hmm. talk about how he grew from his early days on Fresh Prince. Like, and this is a real sort of total counter narrative to everything he's been like working towards. I, how did it like change for you the way you think about the press he's done for the last like six to 12 months? Well, I do feel that the press he's done in the last six to 12 months, and frankly, the press he's done his entire life has been intentional. Will Smith is a movie star who probably with the exception of the last two hours of the ceremony tonight is really deliberate knows what he's selling, knows his audience, or usually, you know, and and is an entertainer, right? And and also try always tries to bring maybe a lot of not a, a lightness, but a sense of of joy. He is someone that you mostly associate with, you know, fun blockbusters and zany Instagram posts and having a great time and you know his laugh and he's not um usually bringing a ton of conflict, I would say, I guess, unless he's at the red table. But even there, they're working through it in like a supportive, positive way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, sorry, keep going. I was just going to say, I felt like this was a little bit like a glimpse behind, I don't want to say the mask because that makes it seem like I think Will Smith is like disingenuous in the rest of his life. And I don't, but I think a look at a behind the scenes version of sure. Will Smith or an unfiltered or, you know, it's not always like lightness and, and positivity, which as someone who studied, you know, who's really interested in, in celebrities, I almost said someone who studies celebrities, like, please, that is really pretentious. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I am interested in this stuff and I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think it's I mean, flattering necessarily, but fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know, I do wonder how much of his speech he salvaged and like what was new. I have to say like, in a very cynical sense, his performance was kind of like incredible. Like Mm -hmm. it was, you know, I think clearly everyone in the room was silent, but um, I I think to your point, like everything that he tends to do. And I think Jada as well is very intentional. And I think we saw him acting on, on some kind of instinct tonight. And Kate, you shared um, a tweet from Soraya McDonald, which was, I think from this GQ profile a few Mm -hmm. months ago, where it's an anecdote about how at uh, Jada's 40th birthday, he had basically made this documentary tracing her family history back to uh, slavery. And she really hated his, what she, what, what he quoted her as saying a disgusting display of ego. And so I think with, with that in mind, and also with um, everything we've learned about their relationship through the sort of like public litigation of what happened with August Alsina. Like, I think there's also like so much other context for this. That's like pretty, pretty intense. And it it made me think about also how in like the beginning of his speech, he was like, you know, you're supposed to just like laugh at everything and like brush it off. And like, it just makes you wonder how much has he been really not enjoying some of some of the stuff they've put out there. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of people have said, you know, tensions were already running high. They had the joke about him uh, in Regina Hall's bit about him being available, like reference to the open marriage thing. There was a joke from 2016 when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars uh, about Jada boycotting then for Oscars So White and about how you can't boycott what you weren't invited to. And like just a lot of it seems like tensions were already a little bit high in in the room and also just like in reference to Chris Rock previously. So it just, yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of layers, uh, to the conflict here. I think it must be hard. I mean, this is like such an obvious understatement, but they put so much about their marriage out in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. Then to have it become like the center of this conversation in a way they can't control. It has to be incredibly uncomfortable. 
We're, mm-hmm. It's currently 12.15 Eastern, 9.15 Pacific. Do you think they're at parties right now? Like, what do you think their night is like? No. I don't know. Uh, I, I I feel like Jada is, is extremely angry. I think, well, just practically speaking, they got to go to the governor's ball to get the the tro- the statue engraved. Oh, you know? right, right. So they probably went there. Do they go to the Vanity Fair party is a real question. I, I, I'll tell you, I don't think Chris Rock is going anywhere. Um, I think <laughs> good Chris, point. Chris Rock went home or Chris Rock went to a private event. Um, I... <sighs> I guess we'll find out maybe even before we're done with this podcast. But yeah, I, I, I it bet says they a lot a, about their damage control strategy. I think whether they do or don't like yeah. how they're going to spin it, you know, um, let's talk about Chris Rock for a second. I'm glad you brought him up. What do you guys think of him? Like, I don't like, I'm like so anti Chris Rock that it's definitely like pushing me towards having more sympathy and empathy for Will Smith who just hit Chris Rock. But like, I just think he's, I, I just thought that like in a show that like, was pushing the envelope somewhat with jokes. Like, why did he have to do that? Like, I just feel like that that joke was like those jokes were so over the line. And honestly, him him just referring to Penelope Cruz as Javier Bardem's wife really, really bothered me. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, what you think about Chris Rock going forward, and, like if there'll be ramifications for him. And by the way, I'm not trying to excuse what Will Smith did by saying he's a jerk. It's just both both are two true. things are true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think about Chris Rock very much at all, to be quite honest with you, but. I can't say I'm a fan. Didn't like it tonight. Yeah. I just, it was unnecessary is what I would say tonight. When when you say Chris Rock, I think of him in the opening scene of Sofia Coppola's Christmas special uh, featuring Bill Murray, which I think he's very good in. That's my first association. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, Chris Rock has done a lot of funny things in his time. I don't want to get anywhere near the comedians have rights conversation that is already going wild mm-hmm. oh, on the it? internet. Oh, yeah. And Judd Apatow in particular. Is, oh, my um, God. Is, is is sharing some feelings. And again, like this is this is one of those things where it's it and why I compared it to the Kanye Taylor debacle, which is that it really just brings out everyone's deepest feelings really quickly in a way that um, maybe the single incident is bearing too much culturally. Sure. Um, or maybe by the end of the week, it will have been asked to be bear to bear too much. But yeah, I, I mean, we didn't need those jokes. I I was so-so on the roast quality of the Oscars. I thought Amy Schumer and Regina Hall, I, well, I thought, and, and Wanda Sykes also all did, had some funny one-liners and there was a little bit of that like Tina and Amy Golden Globes sure. energy to it. But I think the Oscars are different than the Golden Globes. And I think also just the, everyone's mindset is in a slightly different place. I think a lot of people can't take a joke right now, which is not what I'm trying to say. Like not trying to say that that was Will Smith's issue. I I think this joke was just unkind um, and unnecessary, but it was already sort of tense is I think what I'm trying to say. And then some extra rude things that we just didn't need. Chris Rock just did not need it, especially introducing like best documentary. Like no, I wonder just, if something was written for him or if he just went off on himself like that. Like, I have to assume that he either there's a couple of there was a couple of small moments where I was like, I have to assume X, Y or Z. But so with Chris Rock, he either ignored what they wrote for him or because he's Chris Rock by agreeing to do it. He was like, I'll do it. But you can't script anything for me. And I'm just going to yeah. do do it off the dome. The way he walked out was with an air of, yeah, now I'm here. I'm going to say what I want. Like, you right. guys had your jokes. That was cute. Here are my jokes. Right. Like, I, he's hosted before, hasn't he? He mm-hmm. has. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable, as yeah. I recall. So he's like, I'm just I'm just doing me. The other yeah. moment where uh, Kate and I were discussing this, where I was like, how did this happen? Was the Chris Evans, uh, when he con- when he <laughs> congratulated, um, what's his Troy name? Kotzer. Troy yeah, Kotzer. So, yeah. Troy Kotzer. <laughs> did he record one and like get sworn to secrecy or did he record a version for every nominee for best actor in a supporting role? And they picked that one. I would guess that he recorded five because he was contractually obligated to promote his movie light light year. Is that what it's called? Which is that one of the greatest tweets ever sent was Chris Evans explaining that it's about the man who 
inspired the toy that Toy Story was written about. It's about the real man and not the toy. Because that would be um, silly. <laughs> sure. But yeah, don't forget, ABC is owned by Disney. So that's... Couldn't uh, forget it tonight. No, couldn't you couldn't. It. <laughs> so many Disney commercials. Anyway, let's, should we talk about the show overall? Just a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Kate, how would you describe its vibe? Uh, I, it really had like an MTV movie awards vibe for me. It had, you know, the, the young presenters that my parents don't know. It had the fan favorite awards that the youths voted on. Uh, it had the, the awkward montages and, uh, you know, the top awards went to two Zack Snyder movies. Army mm-hmm. of the Dead and the moment from what Zack Snyder's those? Justice League. What were those top fives? How did people vote? And how did they like, was it just like an open field? Was it every yes. movie yes. ever? So I know at least the fan favorite award. There was a bit of a, I don't know if you guys remember, I talked about this on Tea Time, but like on American Idol, when Sanjaya was on American Idol, there was a campaign uh-huh. to vote for the worst. Yeah. The fan favorite awards were hijacked a little bit on social media. People uh-huh. purposefully voted for, uh, Cinderella starring Camila Cabello. That was a real campaign for that one. I believe it probably came in second. Right. Um, but the Zack Snyder heads are hard to beat. They're hardcore. They're not messing around. So clearly yeah. they took both both wins tonight. But yeah, it was like a it was a social media free for all, basically, for both of these awards. Um oh and the God. people the people spoke, and perhaps the people <laughs> shouldn't speak sometimes. <laughs> That's definitely one of the lessons of tonight. People just uh-huh. don't speak. Just don't um, speak. And don't hit people. Yes. Um that as well. But <laughs> Amanda, how did it strike you? How did it compare to you for you to last year's Steven Soderbergh led awards tonight? Will Packer was at the helm. Curious what you preferred. Well, I preferred last year's, but I'm one of the only people on earth who a saw all of the movies nominated last year, which I did. And, you know, it was obviously affected by the pandemic last year. It was 2020 was not a particularly strong movie year because of extenuating circumstances. And then I'm also the world's biggest Steven Soderbergh fan. I feel about Steven Soderbergh. It's a, it's a different kind of love. It's an intellectual love, <laughs> you know, to match the way that he approaches his work. But I do really feel deeply connected to him. So I have been defending a ceremony that I think we all agree didn't really work as television. And no, that al- certainly that didn't. Alienated most people and <laughs> certainly failed in the ratings department, which is um, what all of the drama of over the last few weeks and cutting awards from the broadcast, et cetera, was about because ABC wants higher ratings. More so, on that on the big picture. If you're interested yes, in yes. cutting, um, cutting awards. Where Sean Fantasy and, and Joanna Robinson have been doing great, great work. Mm-hmm. So I liked the Soderbergh thing because of my own interests, but also because at least it looked good. I thought that this show... It was looked like garbage. Like even and, lear- even worse was the sound. It was really boxy and echoey, and and the pacing was also very awkward, especially for a show that really tried to involve do some stand up comedy. And then there were just like the awkward pauses in the room, waiting for people to laugh. But yeah, like this is a show that people watch to see beautiful movie stars in a room together, and you didn't get to see people together because of the weird reaction shots and angles that they picked. And th- and everything was so close. Like you couldn't even see winners holding their Oscar. You know what I mean? Like that, that was so frustrating. I was like, they're, they're holding a trophy. We've all practiced that in our bathrooms, like zoom out, let me see the statue. But then also like everyone looked bad. If you compare the red carpet photo of any celebrity to the way that they were presented on screen. I mean, natural light does help us, but I thought the lighting was terrible. And then just all the bitsiness and the the sudden cuts to, you know, the 20th anniversary of whatever, even though I think that's good content for an Oscar show. And, you know, we love for nostalgia. The yeah. 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 Like we should like, listen, through watchables is great. Like we love nostalgia. I love revisiting old things. It's like, yeah, it is a rich history, but the way they did it was so, I don't even want to say perfunctory. It was just thoughtless on the, on the, uh, on the lighting bit. 
until I looked at photos of Amy Schumer's first dress that Mm -hmm. had like the weird sequined bow on it, I thought it was like a black dress. It turns out it was navy. Navy. It's blue. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell from the from the broadcast at all. Oh my God. And we didn't even talk about the set. Like, what was that? Well, there's so many things. Also, like, what about the um, sort of like green room armchairs that people were sitting in? I mean, I guess that was so right. weird. Yeah. Seemed comfortable. <laughs> I will say really quick, just like as the common man's Oscar watcher, uh, mm-hmm. I was bored last year and I wasn't bored this year. So I it's, <laughs> it's a decent point. <laughs> it's a, even it without a even without the slap the first, you know, hour and a half, like at least I was making fun of it, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall asleep. So it's all yeah. for you. That's uh, valid. 90 minutes in, I was like, holy shit, there's still 90 minutes left. And actually, there was still 135 minutes left. Uh-huh. So it was really, yeah. well, so that's really rough. They made all this to do of cutting the live awards and then re-editing them. And I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see because it's podcast. Um, and putting them back on the show to, quote, save time. 40 minutes over three hours is where the show ended. So I don't think they saved any time. And also the editing was so awkward and then they were cutting. It wasn't clear to me, Juliet, could you tell with your production mind, were they cutting to live reactions or did they just tape everything and pretend it was live? I think they were because like Zendaya was not in the room when Dune was was getting all those rewards. I think they were showing the reaction to them watching it on the screen. Oh my God. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's that's dishonest, frankly. Yeah, totally. Well, what about the, what about having like the big live in the corner when Beyonce is performing? That was clearly pre taped. I hate too. that. Right. That's yeah. such a pet peeve for me. J Lo yeah. gaslighted me when I was at the AMAs. I was like, oh my God, J Lo's <laughs> on her way. She was tweeting from the car. She was like, can't wait to see you at the AMAs. I'm like, oh my God, J Lo's going to open the AMAs. I'm right here. I'm so close. They play it on a screen. And she was That's like, hope everyone enjoyed my AMAs performance. I was like, I didn't. You weren't here. That's and really They lied to me. So, yeah. yeah, this brought back my trauma from there. Beyonce was not there. She was there eventually, but she was not performing live right. from the streets of Compton, as they implied. So let me say, the production value in that opening segment looks great. Far higher yeah. than pretty much anything else we saw all night. Absolutely. Which, it frankly has a lot in common with last year's ceremony, with the, yeah. the amazing Soderbergh opening and then just some people talking into microphones, Kate. Sure. I'll give you that. I understand. It was not high stakes television. <laughs> it, it did look really good, too. And like it was yeah. the, the lime green, a.k.a. tennis ball green, like looked great on my mm-hmm. screen as well. Yeah. That was yeah. like actually shot for a 4K television. Right. Unlike this year's Oscars. So yes. it, it yes. looked really good. Um, the whole uh, DJ Khaled at the beginning and then having a different DJ. That was like, tough. That was like, tough. D-Nice was the DJ for the show, was pretty weird. And then the, it was just a big emphasis on music. Um, Megan the Stallion came out to be a part of the We Don't Talk About Bruno performance, which was exciting. Um, okay. I guess. All right. All right. So I know the answer to this because I did ask a friend during the telecast, but I did have to ask during the telecast. So that's not what we don't talk about Bruno really sounds like, right? No, no. Okay. It's so, a pretty, it's a pretty long song and it has like a couple of different sections. It didn't, they didn't do my favorite section, which okay. is too bad. That is too um, bad. I'm sorry. And, I would just say as the normie Oscar viewer for a moment, and as someone who knew that we don't talk about Bruno was going to be played. And I was like, Oh, I'm excited to partake in this viral internet moment. Right. It is viral. And to catch yeah. up with the culture and, and then I, I don't really feel like I'm caught up. I'm just going to say that right now. I agree. I'm like, this song was all over TikTok. Tons of people have seen Encanto. It's the biggest one in the movie. We know the song. You can still yeah. do the narrative version. Like, I I didn't, I did not like the uh, remix. Of that. And also, I was like, why is Becky G here? Like, no one, I know who <laughs> Becky G is, but no right. one watching the Oscars is like, oh, now I'm interested. I don't. <laughs> Understand why uh, also, that happened. Also, Luis Fonsi spoiled the Megan the Stallion reveal. He told it. He like told someone on the red carpet that she was performing with them, oh. which was supposed to be a secret. So that's Whoops. hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I'm kind of glad that Lin Manuel Miranda didn't win tonight, and therefore didn't complete his egot because he wasn't there because his wife has COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering why. That makes yeah. sense. So I, I'm glad that he that he wasn't having to accept his EGOT in absentia because you should really be in person for that. Yeah, that would have been a bummer. I'm sure he'll have an opportunity as long as they don't cancel the Oscars before he um, wins one. <laughs> is there a chance the Oscars go untelevised like the global, Glo- Golden Globes? I was about to say the Global Go- Globes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so because I think that there's just too much legal 
obligation on both sides for them to untangle. Um, ABC's paid a lot of money, even though the uh, the Academy did have to give some of that money back last year because the ratings were so low. But I, no, I don't think they'll go untelevised. Do I think that there's going to be yet another reinvention of the Oscars next year because the Oscars are once again in crisis and have to be saved? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we haven't done the time, the time honored tradition of talking about best and worst dress. Should we, okay. you, you guys want to talk about some of our favorite looks? Let's do it. I'd right. love to. I just want to say this, this probably won't go into a long conversation because it wasn't even a red carpet look, but Carolina Gaetan, who is, um, the, like the lead singer on, we don't talk about Bruno for the performance is wearing a stunning yellow gown. Honestly, my favorite look of the night. I thought she looked incredible. Amazing. I love yellow. I, me too. She looks so, so, so good. Um, Kate, who was your favorite look outside of a musical performance? Um, I mean, it's 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 so basic now to just give it to Zendaya, but I just ever she just was made to wear clothes. You know, some people <laughs> some people were just made to stand there. She's incredible at posing. I'm like, yeah. I just think she she just she did like a business casual Oscars crop. Uh, with like a long silver skirt. I just thought it was super fun. Yeah, I would go Zendaya. I had several sort of general favorites. I don't know that any one person really blew me away. What about you guys? Amanda? Well, in the made-to-wear clothes category, Zoe Kravitz, I thought, also just looked fantastic. Very beautiful. The makeup looked great. Yeah, Yeah. the the whole look really worked. And then I will say... I was a little confused by Jessica Chastain's late emergence as the best actress frontrunner. It it happened sort of quickly for a movie that not a lot of people saw and frankly that I didn't like. But I like Jessica Chastain. And then she really went for it with the dress and it worked for me. And Mm -hmm. I don't normally even like ombre or things that are too glittery, you know, but she just made it work yeah. and was like, I'm here to accept my best actress Oscar. And then she won. And so I liked it. It, it kind of, it tied it all up in a bow for me yeah. in a year where really nothing else made sense. <laughs> it was very like, it was like Oscar winner Barbie, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, it was exactly. like exactly what you think of like a over the top yeah. best actress yeah. gown. It's a good silhouette. I liked the silhouette for sure. Mine's Jennifer Garner. I thought she looked amazing. I loved her red dress. Fairly straightforward. I thought her hair looked great. I was like, why is she here? Um, Juno is not a movie I think about frequently, so it didn't even occur to me (laughs) that would be why. I thought she looked fantastic, and I was just so glad that she looked great. I feel like the last time I saw her in the press a few days ago, she was fighting with Ben Affleck on the streets of Santa Monica. So this is is much better. Um, (laughs) For the men... We have Andrew Garfield on our list. He was wearing velvet. He looked pretty great. A lot. I thought a lot of men looked pretty good. Yeah. I love the velvet. I'll always, every time someone wears a yeah. jewel tone velvet blazer, it's like I've never seen it before. And I'm always like, oh yeah, great, great idea. I, they all do it. But yeah, he had like a nice maroon velvet blazer. I love that. Can I really quick yeah. talking about blazers? I skipped over Kristen Stewart. Oh yeah. Uh, Loved it. Loved me it. Too. Did we? Okay. I'm actually surprised by that. I love Kristen Stewart. She was my most anticipated mm-hmm. look tonight. Uh, I love that she went like the butch route. Could have gone mm-hmm. either way. She's been doing both. The shorts for me were too short. Mm. I was like, would have done like a high-waisted short maybe or like a like a cigarette pant with like the heels. I love mm-hmm. the idea, but I didn't love the shorts. I think that would have been very like Taylor Swift costume though. Like I, I like... Those are they were Chanel shorts. She's so apparently. much cooler than Taylor Swift, though. I feel like right. she could have pulled it off. I know. Yeah, but I I'm think not that, surprised they were Chanel. That's kind of her. Thing. The high waist thing, though, I think is so like played out. Though. Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest, twenty twelve. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that I feel like she never <laughs> done that. Honestly, I know you want to talk about this, Kate. I was really, really impressed by how her shirt draped and didn't move and allowed her like long necklace to be like the focal point of her outfit. That's incredible, incredible styling. And I thought also her hair looked great. I I don't generally love short shorts, but I thought that it actually was like a real like fashion forward iteration of like the bike short trends and Mm. like the hot pant trend. And so I don't know. I, I just thought she looked fantastic. She also seemed really happy. And I feel like we don't often get to see Kristen Stewart being happy in public. So I was excited about that. Yeah. She yeah. said in an interview on the red carpet that she wasn't nervous and I was waiting for it to be like a joke. And she was like, uh-huh. no, really? I'm like having a great time. And I was like, whoa, 
Who is I, this? Well, I think that's what I liked about the outfit as well, which, and I want to say that I thought that the loafers, which she changed into after yeah. the protocol <laughs> with the mesh socks or what made it art, it really mm-hmm. like transcended I agree. for me. I liked that better. But I interpreted the outfit as the, I'm not going to win, so I'm just going to have a great time choice, mm-hmm. which I love for her. Um, I think Kristen Stewart deserves an Oscar. I would not give it to her for Spencer, but again, we don't have to get into my movie takes. But <laughs> I also just was like, well, if she wins in this outfit, that's going to be amazing also. So it was a win-win for me, even though it was not a win for Kristen Stewart. But I thought she looked great. I loved it. Me too. I really, yes. really loved it. And Juliet, to your point, we're going to get into MVPs in a moment, but MVP tonight was boob tape. Definitely. There were some, yeah. I was concerned about the security of some of these tops. Uh, and Who made you the most nervous? It was Venus Williams for me. Uh, Venus Williams, Tracy Ellis Ross, I was concerned about. Um, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Whoever the star was of the worst person in the world, Renata, something Renzi? had a Louis Vuitton that was like very precarious. Uh, but in Kristen Stewart, but they all had it locked down. So hats off to boob tape. Seriously, it, it did really work. All right. Yeah. We have to get into the most controversial uh, only among this group, I think. <laughs> okay. Only to me. Um, Timothy Chalamet not wearing a shirt. Mm-hmm. Listen, we've been inside Neither for two were years. Half of the women, it's fine. <laughs> he looked great. He looked great. The nipples were covered for the most part. Speaking it's of not- boob tape, I'm sure he was wearing some. Right. And you know what? It worked for him too. He looked incredible. Just, What's wrong it. with wearing a shirt? I, you know, sometimes you want to, and sometimes you don't. And I <laughs> su- support everybody's right to do either. Is yeah. he? Don't look up. Yeah, he, very he was, briefly. Several people in two uh, Best Picture nominees this year, but yeah, he is very briefly in that in a terrible wig. Um, I looked up the picture because I was just curious about how his hair. His hair looked great tonight. Love the curl cream, embrace the texture, and I wanted to see how it changed. I remember he had a really terrible middle part uh, a couple years ago at the Oscars, mm-hmm. and I looked up his picture from the 2020 Oscars and the comparison. First of all, he's learned to pose in the meantime. Much nice. maybe Zendaya gave him some tips. He has the power stance down, whereas before he was just like very awkward. Right. Uh, and he just the glow up like the cross-pandemic glow-up from 2020 to 2022 uh, is really what what I was like, oh, this is this is a good, this is a good look. This is working for me. I mean, he's undeniably an icon. I just don't know why shirts have gone out of favor. Like, I, it's just, that's just all I want to say. Is he the first person, the first man to go, like, actually shirtless at the Oscars? I'm sure no, but I can't think of anyone right now. Okay. You know whose look was the most surprising to me was Kourtney Kardashian. It was very modest and demure and just actually not even that like flattering. Formal. I kind of liked it. I was like, okay, Kourtney Kardashian, you have some normalness inside of you yet. And then she uh, stuck her tongue down Travis Barker's throat yeah. on the red carpet and you yeah. were like, never mind. Forget <laughs> that. Scratch that. Um, worst dressed, Amanda, anyone that you hated? Oh God, off the top of my head. Sorry, I just, I just, my mind went blank. Ask Kate. <laughs> Kate, what about you? You don't need to have one. You're a special guest, a late ad. Will yeah, Smith demanded so it. Don't worry about it. I know. Um, I mentioned that I was concerned for Tracy Ellis Ross's uh, boob top security. And I was just too stressed about it. Although she is just an absolute delight and can wear anything. So I, uh, I do enjoy her as well, but her dress did not fit. Looked bad. It was, it uh, wasn't her best effort. I hated whatever Billie Eilish was wearing. It was like a black blob. She wore terrible. three variations on black bobs tonight and did not just three different kinds. Just look bad. And then Tough. Chloe and Hallie, I did not like their dresses at all. Particularly hated Hallie's um, two beautiful, talented young women. And I think they deserve better dresses. Yeah. They were also wearing like MTV, MTV movie award dresses. Yeah. Uh, and there's a way to, you know, expose a lot of uh, skin like, you mm-hmm. know, like Zendaya or whatever. But I just thought that they were not particularly like w- well-fitting dresses or yeah. even that creative or like forward looking. So, yeah, I didn't mind the amount of skin at all. It was the, more than just general overall look and styling that did not, did not yeah. work for me. I saw a couple of guys in white suits, white tuxes, including my beloved Jamie Lannister, Nikolai Costa. <laughs> I was just like, he can do better, man. He doesn't need it's to wear white. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal just looked like he had like arrived from like the night before or something like that. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't into it. No, pretty boring. 
All right. Lastly, let's just hit a couple MVPs. We, I, I, my first MVP of the night was the tennis ball green. As Amanda pointed out, looked amazing on screen. Really, really needed it. It was all downhill from there uh, cinematically. So that was huge. I have Kate, to say, I have to say, you can tell that it was a more interesting Oscars because if it was boring, people would have been like photoshopping Beyonce into. I don't know, all sorts of things <laughs> for the rest mm-hmm. of the night. And that did not happen because we were busy with other things. So at least True. there's that uh, to go off of. In addition to boob tape, anyone else and anyone or anything that really stood out for you? Uh, I have. Well, one MVP is that is Pacific time. Juliet's mm-hmm. on Eastern right now. Yeah. And, Almost uh, 1 a.m. for me. Yeah, that's really 940 tough. p.m. It's going to be a nice early bedtime for me uh, after creating some content. So that's my MVP. Amanda, you might be my my real MVP for showing yeah, up on Amanda this the MVP. I, I, I am worried now that like, you know, my sleep deprivation is kicking in right now. No. Um, can I have an earnest one? Can I sure. just say that the of Troy Kotzer speech? Yes, yeah. we skipped our best speeches. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Was re- really lovely. Well, that can yes. be an MVP because I think that was like a nice moment of just warmth and and connection and people being normal and happy for each other, which is like sometimes a little bit what the Oscars about. The Oscars need some drama. I think they need less drama than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. Though the ratings, I'm very curious to see how the ratings go, but again, I'm not, you shouldn't hit someone for ratings. Um, But the Oscars also need like happy moments and Mm -hmm. people winning awards and being grateful and and giving really lovely speeches. So that that was a very nice moment. Yeah. So I guess that's my MVP. Just it was really sweet. Yeah. I also thought that um, the way that Sean Hader was really sort of like a partner with her uh, sign language translator was really Mm -hmm. sweet. I also thought that the sign language clapping um, was really Mm -hmm. sweet as well. And there was just a lot of happiness around that win. I'm glad you called I loved, it out. I loved you and you, Jung, as well. Where, like, yes. first of all, signing him, signing her way through the envelope as she announced his name. And then she was standing so awkwardly close to him and just staring up at him with, like, this... Her face is so expressive. She has this adoring gaze the whole time, uh, holding his statue for and him. And the statue was in the shot for once. Yes. And he even gestured to it, which was really nice. Um, yeah. The translator yeah. got choked up too when he had part of his very, speech. It was, was just like lovely. a very lovely, like three minute period of yeah. the show. It really, it really was so nice. Um, I also, I was, uh, the end of Ariana DeBose's speech, I thought was really sweet mm. too, about yes. um, being a queer Afro Latina and how she, she found her place in art it was really sweet and really exciting for her. And so then was, ending with the somewhere quote, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's good when people prepare. You know, yes. it's nice when people, <laughs> she, she stuck the landing. She did. She Absolutely. Sure did. Absolutely. Um, also, I just, I, Amanda and I've talked about this before, but I just feel I must shout out the duo of Lupita Nyong'o and Ruth Carter and their glasses. Lupita <laughs> brought out the gold glasses and I think Ruth Carter was wearing her black plastic ones all night. I just love glasses being like a black tie accessory for really glamorous women. It always just kicks it up a notch for me and like makes me feel empowered to go all glasses. So I I just, I just absolutely loved it. That was probably my favorite style moment of the whole evening. Those two women wearing their glasses. I love it. Lupita and Oprah are like the strongest generals of like team glasses. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) And their work is so important. When Oprah gave the epic Golden Globes speech a couple of years ago, and she was, it was like one of the best moments that glasses have ever had. Yep. And I, I, I've never <laughs> forgotten it. It was so fantastic. Great. Just great, great, great stuff. Wow, guys, we, we did it. I mean, I'm still just like dying to know what happens next in this Will Smith situation. It's not over. No. I, I, find I, it all pr- I find it all pretty tragic, to be honest. It's just like, incredibly sad that this happened and um and just what terrible judgment and terrible terrible turn of events that turned into a really momentous oscars can't believe it yeah any final any final thoughts on on it i'm sure there are many oral histories to come that will shed all sorts of light on uh our speculation if you do want to hear more about will smith and uh and Chris Rock. Bill Simmons will be covering out on the Bill Simmons podcast. Sean Fennessy is talking to Matthew Bellany on the big picture. He's also talking to Joanna Robinson. They'll be taking questions as well. And uh, check out the town with Matt Bellany this week. They will all talk about this further, as I'm sure we will here on Ringer Dish as well. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. This was a delight. It's lovely to see you both and delightful <laughs> to be here. I wish that it had been just during 
different circumstances, i.e. Will Smith winning and then maybe winning three other Oscars without strife. But, you know, here we are. It's 2022. This is how things go. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thank you to Kai McMullen for producing this episode. And we've got a lot of Ringer Dish coming all week. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.